Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Beyond Bite Wings. Today, we have with us a very special guest, Dr. Sharon Tiger, a nationally known practice management consultant and business coach to dentists. She coaches her clients to lead their teams and communicate clearly and effectively in day-to-day dental office operations. Sharon, welcome to our podcast. Tell me why dentists need to learn to lead. Doesn't a business owner already know how to give employees directions on how to get the jobs done? Well, I thank you. Of course. (laughs) But most of the time they don't know how because what they learned in dental school is how to do dentistry, but no management skills or know how to be a leader and that's Mm -hmm. something that they learn nothing about just like they learn nothing about how to run a business so it's it's really important for the business to be successful for them to know how do i lead my team how do i tell them what my expectations are and most people are not prepared to do that i see so if they can do that if they can let the team know of their expectations then they have the opportunity for the team to respond and reach the levels of success that they want in their practice. But it's something that can be a learn tool. You don't have to come out and go, oh my gosh, I'm not a leader. I'm going to fail in my practice. <laughs> so you can be, you can't, everyone, no matter what their personality style, can learn to be a leader. It might be different with everyone, but it's, it's, a, it's a learned skill. I see. Even though they learn nothing about it in dental school. I see. And what do you mean by personality skill? So there may be a strong personality, like a driver or a strong leader who's been a leader his whole life. Like a natural born leader. Natural born leader. But those are probably rare. I think you would have to hone the skill more than you're just, that's your God-given gift to be a leader. Probably about 5% are really natural born leaders. Well, that's good. That's promising that others can learn to do this. Right. Okay. And then there's, you know, there the other t- the other end of the continuum. There's your pleasers mm-hmm. and your laid back people who don't want to create any conflict or anxiety with their team. So can they become effective leaders as well? They can too. They would learn some different skills. A lot of times, I have to teach my driver doctors how not to drive the car so hard, <laughs> uh, not to drive so hard on the team to where the team shuts down, and doesn't communicate. So the, the pleaser is very easy to work with because they're anxious to learn. And even when they become a leader, they're more laid back, but they can still get the job done. But it is something that's a learned skill and has to be taught. I think that's the surprise to most of them. I think right. they just feel like they ought to know how to do this. I have my business now. I should be able to lead the team. Right. Well, they, as, I, they assume whenever they tell an employee something to do. They're going to jump to it, get it done, and do it in the way that they had imagined it to be done. Right. Exactly. The way they thought they should know. Exactly. Right. How often does that happen? Rarely. Yeah. 
Is that recommended though? Where, you know, things should be done the way you're imagining it to be done. No, it's recommended to have job descriptions. Right. That everyone knows what their job description is. Clearly was. communicate those That's expectations. Right. And so, the, right, that exactly. So the doctor clearly communicates their mm-hmm. expectations mm-hmm. and follows up with them with no job descriptions and no follow through holding them accountable. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for any goals to be established. So I feel like the first thing a dentist has to do when he gets with his team is tell them what their his vision is or her vision. How, what do I want to see in my practice? What kind of patients do I want to work with? What type of atmosphere do I want to have? I have come up with a vision that you can communicate to your team. What kind of dentistry am I going to do? How do I want the team to be? And that's something a pleaser or a driver or any personality can communicate. Right. Uh, but they have to know what your expectations are. And the next thing is, after they know what your expectations are, who's going to do what? What are the job descriptions? Division of labor. So that they can accomplish this vision. And the next thing to do is set goals with them. Hmm. Individual goals, team goals? There are team goals and there are also individual goals. So team goals might be, we're going to present five-star customer service in our practice. And everyone walking in here will think that we're the best practice in the world. We're the Chick-fil-A of dentistry. Right. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Good idea. Right. Good idea. And that they're smiling and that nobody has an attitude and that everyone's friendly and warm and the patients can feel it and, and refer their friends to the practice. I see. So it's about the whole experience. It the needs whole to be experience. a memorable experience. Right. Uh, something that they can connect to and they want to come back to. Right, that the patients want to come back to. Right. And the dentist has to create this type of culture mm-hmm. in the practice that the team likes being there. He or she has let them know their expectations. And they're following through because the doctor is following up with them. I see. And then what are some examples of some individual goals they would set for the team members? So, uh, for example, um, there might be production goals. And for I'm just making this one up, it has to you have to see what the goals need to be in your practice. But it could be that the hygienists need to produce thirteen to fifteen hundred a day. So that's a, an individual goal. So are dentists by and large good at goal setting, or is this something that they typically don't do? And when you come in, you're like, oh, don't you have any goals? Typically, they don't do this because they don't. It, it really goes back to them finding out what do they have to collect in order to make the practice Mm. work. So if they don't, the only way they can find out what they collect is to have a financial planner, a firm like yours, where they can find out what what are, what what do I need to collect? What are my expenses? What's my overhead? So, and many of them try to guess this on their own and they don't have no idea. So they don't set any goals and they end up, just kind of floating along. Floating there, just about making it. It seems to me like a big part of leadership is choosing to be proactive, and that's really hard to do. Most people are reactive. They just are going along day to day and worrying about the, I mean, every day brings chaos. So they're buried in the chaos of the day, and they have to stop and think about what they want to achieve. That's a perfect description. I was just recently in a practice where um, the doctor graduated from dental school, He got a financial planner. 
and an accounting firm to work with him. Um, he found out, read everything he could on leadership, and he, he had a light, laid-back style. He went to some leadership courses. He had, I mean, just really in his first year, he did all that. That's Remarkable. Which was remarkable mm-hmm. because he had an open mind for me to coach him on what he's doing, which it was just impressive that he even did that. But he said he had some friends who were older dentists, not, not something they told him, dental mm-hmm. school. The first thing you should do is get a financial planner or a business accountant to help you come up with what you need to produce and collect. Once he knows that or she knows that, then we can set goals with the team on what we need to produce, how do we collect, and eventually even put a bonus system in place where, based on collections. Uh, but they can't do that unless they get the direction from someone like y'all. Yay. <laughs> and Lynn, how many of our clients would you say have goals? You know, that would be a really hard number to gauge, but I, I definitely think it's on the low end. I think they have goals subconscious goals but they don't have goals that they've iterated or you know written down or or they really know what they are they're not concrete I I agree I think in their head they have a goal but they haven't communicated that to the staff and they certainly haven't put it down on any piece of paper like a practice monitor or something right right and they don't also don't know how to transfer that to scheduling to a daily goal how do you schedule to a daily goal how do you teach the front to schedule a certain way so that we hit our goals but we're also running the practice smoothly. Right. So even though they may have goals, they still have to transfer it on how is that going to show up on the schedule? What needs to happen for them to achieve these goals? How do we achieve these goals on the schedule? What, what type of treatment do we need to put in in a day to make this happen? Right. So I think that that's a process in itself. Knowing the goals, like you said, Lynn, is great if you can apply it. Right. So but, it's multi-stepped. Right. Um, and also big thing which i haven't mentioned is being on how to communicate Mm. communicating with your team is the most important thing there is it's so difficult doesn't everybody know how to communicate (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) effectively (laughs) no and i think that's also a skill that can be learned i think it takes practice but i think it's a skill that can be learned but if the team can't see you communicate for example i have my dentist meet once a week with a different team member. So one week they might meet with the front desk, the second week they might meet with the hygienist, the third week they might meet with an assistant, and I have them sit down with them and uh, talk about what's working and what's not working. Because if they do it once a week, and maybe they have eight team members and it'll take eight weeks to go wrong, if it's planned that every Wednesday at lunch I'm going to meet with a different team member, that helps them, the team to know where they stand with the doctor. If they don't do that nobody knows where they stand and i know doctors hate to have these meetings but if you have these meetings regularly like even when something's not wrong then it's not so hard it gets easier sure it gets easier every time they go but here's what's working what's not working and i also have the team member tell them what's working and what's not working so if they're doing that every six to eight weeks it doesn't become so hard after a while so if something comes up that's terrible well, they're doing it every week. Right. It That's should, a really, really good it, It's a really good plan tool. I hadn't heard of. And I have a coaching session form. And if anyone is interested in getting that form, my email is txtiger, the number two, at gmail.com. 
So if you'd like that coaching form, which is so helpful, but what it really says on it, three things that are working, three things I need to work on, and then when are we going to meet again? So if communication skills are generally lacking and something that needs to be worked on and can be worked on, then that requires kind of self-evaluation of the dentist to realize that they are lacking in these communication skills. And that sounds like a difficult hurdle. That, that is. That, 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 or whether they realize that they can communicate or not. And they especially realize it in these coaching sessions. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what they have to do in these coaching sessions, they just have to practice. You know, how am I going to do this? Well, you're going to speak to, okay, tell them what you think is working. They're going to tell you what they think is working. Right. Tell them that you think something they need to work on. They're going to tell you something they need help with. It becomes easier as it goes, but it is not just the repetition of doing it weekly creates good communication skills. I have a lot of doctors that said, I do this at home with my children now. Oh, oh wow. You know, yeah. So it's, it's a, I always try to teach a life skill mm-hmm. that can be used not only in the practice, but in their personal lives as well. So communication is the key. It takes time. It takes repetition in order to be that great leader. How much time does it take them to learn to effectively communicate? Tough question. I mean, are we talking about, you know, years or months or? It probably varies. It varies. On the individual, uh, I Exactly. It varies on how coachable the individual is, how open they are to even realize they need help with communication skills. That's the first thing. If they don't realize they need communication skills, then nothing will happen in the practice that will really have them build to a successful practice. So do you practice with them, or how do you help coach them? I role play with them. I practice with them. Like many, many times I practice with them on the phone. We're always practicing communication skills. So this is something they can do. They can can practice. They can practice. Not with the team member, but with someone who's... Yes, I always say practice with your spouse. Yeah. Practice the coaching session that you're going to do tomorrow with Carol. Practice at home with your spouse. Your spouse is Carol, or practice with your spouse. That's a good plan. And also, role play during these coaching sessions. It's really good to role play things that you think they need to work on. So then you don't feel like you're just doing coaching sessions, but maybe you're the patient and they're the front desk person and you want to practice how they answer the telephone. Okay. So you can also have a little task, you because you may have heard that your front desk is not answering the telephone great. <laughs> that happens. So rather than attacking her in your coaching session, you can actually role play and practice let me be the patient. You answer the phone mm-hmm. and actually practice what they need to work on and what steps they need to get better at. The coaching session is the key. Okay. Really the key to creating that bond with your team. I see. So it's practice, practice, practice. That's like any skill, right? Right. That's what I tell all my doctors. Practice. No, but that coaching session didn't go well, Sharon. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> repetition, repetition. And repetition is retention. I mean, by your 30th coaching session, you will be much better at this. Mm, it will that. not be a big deal because you will say, you will have done it so many times. And if you do it once a week and don't all of a sudden drop out and do it, I think I'll just do it once a month. I think I'll do it quarterly. <laughs> I was just going to say that because I can so see that happening that like in happen. my own life. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Yeah. Um, that's why I tell them, I'm just going to have one meeting a week. I'm trying to make it hard. You're not going to have to meet with all of them that week. You're just going to have one meeting a week. And I feel like if you drop that out and I say, how are the coaching sessions going when I speak to them on the telephone? They go, oh, we've changed it to quarterly. (laughs) Well, that's just not, they're not going to get any better, the dentist and their communication skills. And the team is not going to 
really understand the expectations and what the doctor expects from them and how they're doing. I, rather than waiting once a year to right. do an evaluation, right? I feel if you do these coaching sessions regularly, you won't need that once a year evaluation. So is that one of the biggest mistakes that you see dentists make is to drop out of the, you know, or, or do the coaching sessions less frequently? Right. And then when they have to do this big evaluation, it's a big deal. Right. And rather than making it a big deal, it doesn't have to be. It could be one of your coaching sessions. I mean, let's just say you want to give them a raise. That could just be one of your coaching sessions. It doesn't have to be a whole separate evaluation. And if you're doing it regularly, it should be easy. Well, if you're doing it regularly, they already know how they're performing. Right. And you, you and the doc knows how they're performing, and it doesn't become this big deal of having a performance review. Which everyone hates. Everyone hates. The doctor mm-hmm. hates it. The team and hates a- it. Everyone. Absolutely. And everyone. the team really likes the coaching sessions. I hear many team members say, it's my only time I can talk to the doctor privately. Mm. You know, because they get used to it after mm-hmm. a while. It's their only time that they can mm-hmm. have some private time with the doctor. And sometimes the doctor finds out something in that coaching session that they never knew. Oh, yeah. I'm certain mm-hmm. that's true. You no, know, because they get comfortable after a while and they start talking about what's not working for them and and it becomes much more a better relationship. I see. And they really learn and share with you what's going on in the practice more than they would have shared before if you didn't have these regular meetings with them. I think this is a key, the coaching sessions, to be a great leader. I would think if the only way they're finding out about these issues if they're not doing this is once something explodes. That's right. So that's it, exactly it's way right. too long, way too far at that point. It, it's a big thing you have to deal with. Right. And it doesn't have to be a big thing because you can actually find this out. Someone will be sitting in a coaching session and say, let you know something that's going to explode, <laughs> 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 which is helpful for you so that you're prepared. Right. The one other point I want to bring out here is, which has nothing to do with coaching sessions, but uh, it's really important to remember when a team puts you on the spot, and asks you a question, like, when are we going to do this? Or, mm-hmm. or, or When are we going to get a bonus? When are we going to bo- bonus? When are we get something that's uncomfortable? My favorite thing is, I'll get back to you in 48 hours. Okay. So I, d- I don't like my doctors being put on the spot. I like them to have time to call me with some coaching. Right. And so uh, they begin to learn that Every time when I ask them something and they they don't know the answer, they're going to say, you know what? Let me think about that for 48 hours. I'll get back to you. Oh, why so you're 48 giving them, hours? Oh. Well, uh, go ahead. Yeah, why 48 well, hours? Well, it could be 24 hours Okay. if you feel comfortable that you can make a decision that quickly. But you're giving them permission to not answer immediately. Uh, yes, and, and you're also telling them, I will get back to you. The worst thing would be not to get back right. to them after that 24 or 48 hours. Right. I see. Thinking the issue is just going to die. Yeah. So in 48 hours, you know what? I'm going to get back to you. And then what the doctor needs to do is somehow get a reminder for himself, whether he's going to put reminders on his phone to follow up on that question, whether he's going to put it on his calendar. Every doctor has to find a way to remember the things he's told the team or she's told the team or else it looks like he doesn't follow through. Right. Which translate to, I really didn't care about your issue. Well, I didn't really care about your issue, and I just told you 48 hours or 24 hours, but I'm not getting back to you. And a lot of times my doctors will tell me, I just didn't remember. And then I try to come up with it. Let's look at a way you can notate things so you can remember. Um, a lot of them like using the reminder on the iPhone. Some of them like using their calendar. Some of them tell me I'm going to remember, but I know that's not true. <laughs> So you have to find a way to remember what you told people you'll do for them. And I think that's another thing doctors have trouble with. 
they think they have so many things to do. Where am I going to, how am I going to remember? Right. But, but if you remind us in your phone, you put down, I have to speak to Carol on Wednesday about the question she asked me. And then you continue to look at your reminders every day. That's one way. I'm sure everyone can find their own way of doing this. I see. So the biggest obstacles that the doctor has to overcome to be an effective leader is just repetitious and doing it over and over and not stopping and cutting back on the, the frequency. Right. To communicate, to use your coaching sessions, to follow up with people when you say you're going to follow up with them. Um, that's, the, to me, the biggest, those are the biggest skills. Okay, any last tidbits of information you'd like to share with the listeners? Very important for a leader in the, to not become friends with the team. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to leave this little note. Yes, you can talk to the team, and yes, you can have a relationship with the team, but um, I recently had a female doctor who was working out in the gym, and the hygienist was meeting her there every night. Wow. Okay, just two females working out together, not a big deal, but it bothered the rest of the team. Uh. Mm. Now she's meeting her to go to the gym. We don't meet any of We don't meet her. That little thing of working out at the gym together turned into a big deal because that's I feel like that's going beyond what what you need to be doing with your team so that created conflict among the team members the other hygienists the team members okay um, should we all go work out together which was absurd that was oh, wow. happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like crossing that line like crossing that line of being too friendly Right, because the next thing that happens in that hygienist's favor, it's going to appear as if she's playing favorites, right? And whether then, it is or not. Right, it'll appear that you're being favorites. Going at, and a lot of my female doctors do like to go uh, do something with their, you know, the female doctors get along with the female team, and it's different different way than the male doctors do, and they have a tendency to want to go do things with them, mm. but they. And it's very hard. It's really unfortunate that it has to be that way, but it does make sense. And they're with them all day long, so they have this relationship, and and they want to go out and do things with them, which have not. We we just cannot do. We Mm -hmm. cannot do that. And I think I see that happen a lot. So, what do the doctors have to do to keep their team morale high in the practice? That's a great question. I I think a, a difficult thing to do is have a great attitude, having a good attitude and a positive attitude because the team is a reflection of their leader. Wow. If the doctor is, is in a uh, bad mood, you'll see your team will start getting in cranky mood also. And then they'll be cranky with patients. And I don't think the doctors realize how this is huge. This is huge. Whatever mm-hmm. attitude they come in with in the morning, the team is going to become a reflection of that. So the only way to keep morale going is, and my favorite phrase is, fake it till you make it. Mm. <laughs> So if you have to come in and fake being happy, that's what you have to do. You have to have a positive attitude, upbeat, um, and that's how they'll stay upbeat and positive. And I know that's hard to do every single day, but you have to decide when you get out of that car that you're going to have an upbeat attitude and a good positive attitude because that will help your team be that way and rise to the occasion. And I know that's faking it till you make it is very difficult, but I know everyone can do this. I know everyone can do this. I'm sure you've been in a situation where you've had to be happy when you were not happy. It's or you tough. you to show your kids you were happy and you really weren't happy about something. So it's tough, but it can be done. Right. 
having a coffee maker would certainly help. (laughs) (laughs) I think sometimes my doctors say, I don't understand the morale on my team. And the first thing I say, let's look at you first. Let's (laughs) look at you. The morale's not good. The whole team has a bad morale. The first thing I have to look at is my doctors. So I think that's another key for leaders. All right. Well, thank you. That's great information. Yeah, those were some great tips. Thank you so much for coming here and uh, sharing your knowledge with our listeners. I appreciated it. Thanks. Thank you. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond Bite Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more info, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.